Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, Collie here from a very wet and windy Wicklow today. So just wanted to give you a quick update on the Critter Shed and where we are at the moment. We've had a mad couple of months, uh, mad 18 months really with the COVID. Um, I moved house recently. Colette was also had a stint in hospital and is recovering nicely, thankfully. And as a result of that, we hadn't been able to bang out as many episodes as we would have liked to, as we would have normally had done. But we certainly tried our best given the circumstances. Now, going forward, we have a bit of news as well. So Colette is moving to Holland which is a bit of a, a trek. I won't be able to hop on the frogmobile to drive down to see her there. But uh, we sat down, we had a chat about it, and we are going to continue doing the podcast. We won't be doing it as regularly, obviously, because it's the distance is going to be a, a bit of an issue. But we are going to get together every so often and do a season. So you'll have about six, seven episodes a year. And that's our plan moving forward. And it means we can keep doing what we uh, what we love to do because we really love making this show. We really love talking to conservationists, scientists, zoologists, experts in their field. We love talking about crazy animals that we find interesting. We hope you find interesting too. So moving forward, that's our plan. Um, keep the critter shed going. Won't be as regular as before, but it will. Uh, it will still be there. We'll still be producing um, some fun and informative programs for you. If you are paying on the Patreon and if you f- feel like uh, it, it's a bit much now because of the, the lack of shows, we totally understand. If you want to continue on paying on the Patreon, that would be very much appreciated too. Um, obviously, we don't get paid for doing this. This is a passion project for both of us. And everything that goes into the Patreon pays for travel expenses, equipment, all that stuff that we need to, to put the shows together. Anyway, so just to summarise, the Critter Shed is going nowhere. We're going to be here for the foreseeable future. And we really, really thank you for your support and your friendship and for listening. If you want to touch base with us, you can check us out on the website and leave messages with us there or on our social media, Twitter and Facebook. All right, guys, enjoy the episode. Dr. Ennis, how are you? Good, good, and yourself? Good, whereabouts are you? I'm up at the uh, 
at the ditch. What's up, it? Um, the ditch up on the, um, oh, what's it, the Arden Survey Road. There's a pond there. Is that the one that fenced off with the ducks in it? Yeah, that's the one. Are you walking up or are you driving up? No, I'm on the bike. I'll, cycle. I'll be there in a sec. All right, cool. All right, cool. See you in a bit. All right, bye. I'm in the high bins. You'll see the front will be a parked up. <laughs> I bet I will. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. I see a high-vis vest. Um, scrunching, scrunching into uh, the ditch. Look at you and your element, Collie Ennis. Butterfly net in hand. How are you? Give us a hug. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. God! Uh, First no, virus in the is here. year. Oh, stop. You look great. So do you. Um, normally I'm here at the start of the year for spawning season. Yeah. And it looks like a desolate, just desert of sludge and mud and there's no life in the in the water now. Um, so we're in the middle of the Phoenix Park, yes. which is one of the biggest wild parks in Europe. Europe and it's yeah. beautiful. So we're surrounded by some trees. There's sort of little copses everywhere. The grass has grown beautifully high up to our waist. It's not, seeded. Not mowed. Not mowed. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then in front of us is this ditch that I I'd never actually noticed before. But there's loads of these little sort of trenches with water flowing through them. And there's all sorts of um, wetland or water Plants, plants, yeah. plants growing, it's gorgeous. So this is a long-term monitoring project for the Herpetological Society of Ireland. Big yeah. word there. The Herpetological, the Herpetological Society. Yeah. So <laughs> we look after the newts and the frogs who live in here. Aww. And we'll take records of them, make sure they're healthy, all that kind of stuff. We've been doing it for the last, I think, six years here. Wow. Um, at one stage, five years ago, we kicked up a fuss. Um, it's actually seven years we're doing it, because it's about five years ago we kicked up a fuss, because... You can see how full of life this is. Yeah. The people who managed the park obviously didn't know that there was some life out, even though we were bored about it. But um, they dug it all out. Oh, no. Th- this was the one, yeah. This is the one that got ra- wrecked. Now, um, a couple of our Trinity students and volunteers uh, came down with myself and Rob afterwards. And all those plants that are in there now yeah. were hand-picked and individually planted. God. So it's nice to come back and yeah. say, well, we did that. And it was a couple of years coming back, but it really looks well now. Yeah. And today I think we're going to look for something I'm dying to talk to you about. I have to say, I, I, um, my heart does a little flutter when I think about these insects, because they are gorgeous and they're bloody ancient. And ancient. they are... Dragonflies. Yay! And damselflies to a lesser extent. But yeah. Damselflies, are they, so, they the ones that look like dragonflies, but a smaller version? They're a smaller version of them. And the easiest way to tell a damselfly from a dragonfly is not just the chunkiness, because there's kind of like like everything, like newts and salamanders, and, you know, there can be crossovers. There can yeah. be in-betweens. Frogs and toads are another co- co- um, example of that. But uh, the, the easiest way it, for, for just general purposes to identify a dragonfly from a damselfly is dragonflies always leave their wings open. Ah. And when damselflies are at rest, they'll close them up gotcha okay you're going to do the needful you're going to yeah i need see i need these easy things to help me because i'm i'm so stupid <laughs> you're you're getting down into the water and i'm not as you can hear no, i'm just going to have a route now look i don't know if we'll find one but this is the type of territory where um they like to hang out the, the young of them so you just dipped your net you brought in a whole load of sludge 
You're, are you looking for the, the adult or the larva? The larva. Look at how much life is in this, oh by the way. God. So you just dug up a whole... Pond skaters. Yeah. Uh, God, there's tons. So there's a, there's a like men. half a cup of sludge at the bottom there, but it's full of life. Full of it. Absolutely full of life. Glasses on. So yeah, so oh look um, at that! What's that? That's, is that a pond skater? A pond skater, yeah, oh, and it's freshly <gasps> molted. That's why it's so uh, light. There's something very green there, very light and green coloured. That, that's the pond skater, yeah. That's it. That's oh, it. That's without the mud on it. Without the um, without its skin, it's only after shedding its skin, ah. so they get very like um, like all inverts gets very delicate. Yeah, so what I'm looking for is the the nymph. So the the dragonflies have a really interesting uh, life cycle. Yeah. So. Uh, they have a crazy sex life, <laughs> like everything we, like to we hear talk this. about. <laughs> yeah, so the males will, the males at this time of year in areas, this is a great time to see them, like waterways like this or canals that be darting down. Yeah. In, in, in our kind of climate, uh, they're quite, uh, it's quite brief. They have a couple of weeks of sunshine. They only go out in sunshine and no wind. And you can imagine the UK, Ireland, Europe, it's not great. Yeah. Um, and we have sunshine now and no wind. No wind, yeah. So we will be kind of hoping to see one. Look at the deer moving over there. Oh, they're gorgeous. They do move in herds. It's like Jurassic Park. Cute it is, music. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, You're um, getting to know this stuff exactly, too well. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> So you'd be hoping to see males at this time of year darting up and down these waterways. And what they're doing is they're displaying for the females to mm -hmm. show off how strong and how much prowess they have. They have already... Scrape, uh, taking sperm from their primary reproductive uh, organ so they have two okay. so the primary ones where they produce the sperm then they transfer it to their secondary one which is up near their the bottom of their abdomen mm -hmm. so it comes from the tip up to the the, the bottom of their abdomen up near near their, their midsection if you will where we'd have our belly yeah, buttons yeah exactly and then they'll go off and find a female and then they'll clasp her by her head mm -hmm. by the bottom of her abdomen and it forms a thing called a heart ah. so she's scraping the sperm out of his secondary organ to fertilise herself while he's clasping her head okay it's a very complicated <laughs> procedure I hope I'm explaining so they look like a little love heart then they go off he still has her by the head to protect her from any other males. Not to protect her. He doesn't want her getting fertilised by any yeah. other males. Because they literally will scrape her, his sperm out of her if, if oh. they get her. Yeah. Wow. It's very, very uh, hardcore. So, uh, and as she's laying the eggs, he'll still have a clamp on her head. Yeah. And be protecting her as she's laying those eggs. Now, she has an ovipositor, which is like a, a small blade that she uses to cut into mud and twigs and leaves that she'll deposit the eggs in and they'll hatch up now there's variation between different types of dragonflies we've got uh two uh, i think we've got about two dozen dragonflies in ireland and that's increasing with climate change which we can talk about in a bit but each species will have its own little modus operandi and how they breed so it's all very elaborate very complex and they've been doing this for 400 million years <laughs> so it must work so that that uh, thing that you described about how he grabs her by the head mm -hmm. I've seen pictures where they're together and they do look like a heart yes, so yeah. didn't realise that was that's part of all it. part of the process oh. yeah it's kind of uh, it's, it's a really strange they're such strange animals and there's so much we don't know about them we don't know how if, if why they started flying how they started flying because there's no kind of at the moment uh, there's no f fossil evidence of like really very early dragonflies and back then with the high oxygen content in mm. the air, they were able to grow much bigger than they are now. So you're talking about dragonflies the size of 
pigeons and birds, like three foot <laughs> wingspans. They're a monstrous wow. creatures. And you can imagine one of them hovering over you. <laughs> As it is now, if I see a dragonfly, I'm kind of like, oh my God, was that a bird or was that a dragonfly? Because they're so big. Yeah. So you can only imagine what they would have been like when they were that, that size. You'd have been in your element. I'm telling you. First animals, we reckon they were the first creatures in the air on the planet. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's uh, them and the damselflies and they're, they're close relatives. So it's, it really is... Um, a testament to how well they uh, they evolved and and how good they are at doing what they do mm. like i mean they're incredibly intelligent even for for bugs mm. they do stuff that you know mammals do really well that we are very impressed by like when a lion's chasing down a gazelle it doesn't just chase the gazelle it thinks about where the gazelle is going to be so that's kind of problem solving and very intelligent and you would expect that from a mammal because it has a massive brain like a dragonfly has a couple of cells in its in its in its dome, a bit like myself, and <laughs> it does the same thing midair. It looks at the fly it's chasing because they are aerial predators, but it doesn't just chase it like directly. It will actually say, "Right, he's moving at this speed in this direction. I'm going to intercept him," and they'll grab it midair. Wow! So it's incredible to think that uh, uh, such a small uh, brain can you know work out these complex uh, mathematical problems yeah. which is very very cool wow look at all the movement in this pond yeah there's just tons of stuff isn't there yeah it's it, see the water level's going really low at the mm. moment and that pushes all the animals in together which gives you a good chance of finding one of the mm. nymphs now i hope we find one but you know when you're dipping for ponds you never know what you're going to pull out and true. you might pull out nothing at all yeah so the the net is going in again and let's see, there's another big amount of sludge at the bottom. The worst thing is sometimes when you're looking for something and you, you, uh, you think you haven't got it and you throw it back and you just glimpse it as you throw it back <laughs> in. You're like, no! Um, I'm taking some snails from my own ponds. Okay. But I'm also looking for these guys now. Now, if you do catch a dragonfly um, larva, you won't really miss it. Okay. They are very, very big. Um, if you think about the Queen Alien yeah. or any of the aliens from the movies with Sigourney Weaver and the brilliant Sigourney Weaver um, and those fantastic films they, they don't look dissimilar to that and they're, oh. they're part of an insect family that don't pupate they oh. don't do that, that stage that in between butterfly caterpillar stage or maggot and fly you'll always have a chrysalis a, a pupa something that will change from, for a lot of insects dragonflies are one of the one of the insects that don't do that they mm. just basically have mini versions of themselves looks like a dragonfly with a fat arse <laughs> and no wings and it's very chunky and very big and it lives underwater for up to between different species some of them live five years underwater yep most of their life is underwater and in the reproductive stages when they crawl out up on these stems that's beside mm. the pond mm-hmm. They will do that at night. Then during the day, they'll split themselves open, haul themselves out of their old exoskeleton. Their, what used to be a kind of a backpack on their back, mm. splits open. And slowly they'll pump fluid into their wings. Then their wings will unfold. And then they'll open them and they'll never close them again until the day they die, which wow. is brilliant. And the day they die could be a week. It could be a couple of days. It could be a summer. It depends on the climate, the species uh, and whereabouts in the world they are so you know it, there's such variation over here we would expect to see them 
I'd hate to be studying dragonflies in Ireland because you'd expect to see them for like two or three days of a summer, I suppose. <laughs> but um, that's why we have these nationwide dragonfly surveys that uh, citizen science, member of the public, yeah. can engage in and say, I saw this. And, yeah. and there's great ID guides online for anyone who's interested in them. They're very exciting when you see them because they're so big, so yeah. vibrant, so yeah. vital, they're aren't incredible. they? Yeah, and you can hear them before you see them. They're mm. like mini helicopters. Yeah. They have four individual wings that each can beat separately. We, we haven't managed to copy that technology. You know, I suppose the nearest we have to it is a helicopter and it's not really that near at all. I mean, it's, it's such... wings. No, it's, it's such a, fa- a fantastic system they have of flying that it's... It's just incredible. To, it's, it'd be very hard for us to engineer something as as revolutionary as that we could it'd be amazing imagine having jets that could do what uh, like i mean at the, at their size they've been clocked at 60 miles 60 miles an hour which is incredible Seriously? Yeah. good god while, while you're doing that i'm just going to sit down yeah you relax oh ah, ah. take a weight off <laughs> now no. i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna get into trouble again for bringing pond smell into the house <laughs> are they not used to it at this point <laughs> God, there's lovely heat in that sun. My uh, my daughter says, bitch, I should set up my own fragrance called Eau de Collie. <laughs> yeah. And it would just smell of frogs and ponds. <laughs> well, there's something interesting. Okay. I'm going to have a look at them afterwards. What's that? Do you know what that is? What am I looking at now? That's a newt tadpole. Oh! Two of them. It's like a, it looks like a small little yeah, slime. Oh, look, it's this tiny version of a newt. Very, very small. Oh, my God, it's like a centimetre. Yeah. Beautiful. Fs, wow. little little tiny newts. So they're all con- concentrated in here as well. Now they're exactly what um, Mr. Dragonfly would like to have for lunch. Right. But which is all part of the natural cycle yeah. as well. Yeah. It always breaks my heart when I see dragonflies. Uh, I have my new pond that I built, the big huge one. Yeah. So I built this massive pond for amphibians and you know there's tadpoles in it now and I'm delighted with myself. And then the other day I went out and I just saw legions of uh, great diving vehicles in there and they're just massacring the tadpoles and it's like what yeah. do you do and i'm so tempted to fish them all out but then i realize look that's just part yeah. of nature you can't take sides no i can't but it is heartbreaking yes of course it is no timmy no <laughs> <laughs> i don't squish, squish. i don't individually name my tadpoles that'd be you'll be that'd there be for a long great. time yeah you would be so you have another net full yeah. go, goes back in you're dipping again it's coming out again now we'll try another spot if I don't get anything here because it, it seems to be. I don't even see any flying around. No, and that's the thing. I mean, like even this slight breeze we have mm. might be too much for them. Oh really? Yeah, we you can just see there's a little movement in the air, and uh, it mightn't be the water might be too shallow for them. They might have better spots as big ponds behind us here. So you know, I've seen them here. I've, uh, I've caught one or two in these places before, so I just thought it was worth trying. But if not, we can pull up a photograph on our phone. <laughs> That's the fantastic thing about it. So you have another net full and you're just checking it out. Thank God for, uh, for combat boots. Oh. Mm-hmm. The snails, which I need, but not what we're looking for. My god, the boatmen are really loving it here. Yeah, they're amazing creatures. They're amazing, amazing looking. We'll move on up.
Yeah, okay. Let me just somebody. rearrange my leg there. There you go. You, you take go, your time. You go first. Watch yourself. I will. Fire ants. Fire ants. So this is kind of important to talk about as well while we're here. You can see this is like a very dry pond. Mm -hmm. And for all you nature lovers out there who are also dog owners, it's, there's a little, little bit of a lesson. If you have a dog, even if it looks like a duck pond or something where people throw the sticks in and all, try and keep your dogs out of water unless it's made for dogs because you can see the disturbance in this water here. And that's just from people throwing sticks in oh. for their dogs coming in and out and it's constantly happening all the time and it, it really stores up the silt in, in, in areas uh, especially for sensitive species like newts frogs um, and dragonflies yeah. it, it can it can silt up the water to a degree that they can't breathe mm. it's just like smoke in the air mm. um, so if, 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 if you have a habit of doing it it's just something that's come to light recently and people are starting to uh, to encourage people not to do it so much, if that makes sense. That's good to know because we do things with the dogs that we don't realise is bad for yeah, other it's species. Like, it's only more, it's only true research that we're kind of finding these things out. It's not anybody was doing it deliberately. I mean, when I had a dog myself, I would have done it. Mm. Now I, I know better. Um, bigger bodies of water are much better. Yeah. So if you have a massive pond or a lake, that's not going to affect. Mm. But uh, smaller bodies of water. Yeah. This one's about three meters by three meters, roughly. Yeah. See how dry it's been this summer. Mm. Now, let's see. Oh, okay, the the net I'll is going in. I'll, uh, just, you know, if you what? Give me a Viking funeral if I fall <laughs> in here. Yeah. This is like a lot of dates I used to take girls on. <laughs> Do you want to go to the park? And I just go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and not in a good way. Not in a good way. No. I don't know if there is a good way. <laughs> oh dear. They broke the mould, colleague. They broke the mould. So, look at the amount of movement in there. Look at all the people. Tons of movement in there, yeah. Amazing how much life is in these small bodies of water. It's incredible. How important they are to protect. Like technically, this is a drainage dish, and I understand that it needs to be used as one. But there's no reason it can't be used as a drainage ditch and be still a viable habitat for all the little creatures that use it. As mm. you can see, there's a lot. Right, we'll shoot off this way. Back this way. So the dragonfly nymphs have a really interesting way of getting around the ponds. Yeah. And a really interesting way of hunting. So to get around, they have a rocket propelled arse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very scientific terminology. But uh, no, they, they literally pump, pump water into their, their abdomen and they can inflate it. And then if they get this, you know, a board or something is disturbing them, yeah. they'll squirt it out like 
almost like a, a turkey baster. You squeeze the end of it, the air comes out of it. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. And they shoot off like a rocket. They wow. took their legs in and, and, and off they go. And when they're hunting, they're really stealthy. They look like a twig or, you know, because they have that insect shape and they're very brown in color, big eyes, and they're attracted to movement. So Mr. Tadpole is snacking away on some algae and up creeps up the dragonfly larva and because it's a little bit away it doesn't want to get too close to give its itself away so its prey can get away so it has an, a jaw underneath its main mouth that extends on a hinge exactly like predator alien. <laughs> or alien yeah. yeah exactly like that it goes out so it can literally be half its own body distance away from its prey whack it with these with these grabbing jaws and then draw them into their mouth to finish it off wow it's an incredible trick god again the utmost respect for these creatures yes <laughs> and very useful to us and they're going to become more useful to us now um, because they are what you call a a, a a canary species a canary creature <laughs> as in for yeah noticing and 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 looking out for climate change a climate change canary that's what they call them because we hadn't got emperor dragonflies in europe um up until very recently they are an african species of dragonfly and they could only exist in africa but now they're moving into europe and even into the uk and ireland and just purely because it's getting warmer here it gives them more opportunities to show up so these are the things you have to uh to look out for and, and because they're so specific to certain areas and they need certain things they, they will follow um, weather patterns and, and climate patterns as as they change and we can observe them and, and it gives us further evidence not that we need much more but further evidence to show that this is having an effect on our on our ecosystems not just our planet you know yeah. So where are you going to take us next? I was going to go and we try this big pond. Sure, right. we might as well. We're right beside it. Yeah. Now how do we get in? Do we go through the gate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hello, duckies. I've never seen so many ducks in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all coming over to us looking for a bit of grub. Yeah. Well, we can keep coming over because they're getting nothing. Remember, folks, don't give them any bread. Yes. Well said. Right. Right, we're approaching the ducks and the edge of the pond. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Wow, look at that black duck. Now, this is the... This is when I wish I had one of my border friends with me because that's definitely a strange looking one, isn't it? It is, yeah. It doesn't look like it's, it's, very a, it's a native. It's like a huge mallard, but dark yeah. on the body and twice as big almost. That's strange. There you go. Okay, colleagues. Collie's got the big net, which he's dipping, and it's full of leaves now. An interesting exercise going from one water body to another. Now remember the last nets we were looking in how yeah. full of life they were? And then you can see here just dead leaves. Dead well, leaves yeah. and that's it. Oh we have a leech. Oh, oh hello. Look at that. 
Jesus, well spotted. Tiny, way, way smaller than I thought. Yeah, well, they will grow. It looks yeah, like it's, a, it's a pea-sized. It'll open up now. When it's, when it's closed up. Oh, look at that, it's open up now. Yeah. Sort of like a comma shape. Back to a pea-sized, back to a comma shape. And we've a load of different species of leeches as well, so. Wow. And there's people who specialize in them. Amazing. Isn't that incredible? Beautiful, and the way they move is so fluid. Well, this is where I plied my trade as a young boy in the Phoenix Park. <laughs> there's a great sign though, even though there's not much, uh, much big life here. That's a very fine net I have. Yeah. And I've just had to run it through the top of the water and you can see it's kind of like a little scum thing. Yeah. That's all, that's all life, that's all oh. plankton, ah. Daphne. Very good. All Daphne. Just looks like mud to me, yeah. but that's all individual tiny little Daphne, creatures. Yeah. It's mad. God. So yeah, I don't know if we're going to find our, <laughs> our dragonflies today, our lava. We should have done, um, here's one we did, we built earlier. <laughs> but there's one thing I'm dying to know about um, the dragonflies it's how they they eat because they eat on the wing don't they they do so they have the three classic insect three legs yeah and like i said when they're hunting those flies they can judge not only flies but damselflies um smaller dragonflies butterflies anything they can catch on the wing wasps love to eat wasps and uh they'll grab them mid-air they'll actually come up behind them and kind of grab them with their wings and then take their heads and just Start munch eating. them yeah and then they'll land on the branch they can eat on the wing they can eat on the, on the branch it's incredible so there um, might be falling body parts yeah, all over the place yeah <laughs> raining they body love parts eating a, a lot of mosquitoes as well both in the nymph stage and in the adult stage so it's you know they're very useful creatures to have around particularly now in not so much in ireland because we have bats and all that will do that but like if you're in a place like florida africa where you have serious diseases getting spread around by uh by mozzies it's great to have dragonflies mm. in Kenya the last time I was there we took an early morning walk to do a bird watching walk now I was flipping rocks while everybody was <laughs> looking at the, the beautiful <laughs> boards but uh, the dragonflies oh my god how like, big are they? they're not massive but just the colours I mean they, and just the amount of them the variety and the amount because this, we're around lakes so there's standing water there all the time and it's warm all the time so it's, they're just out and it's just, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It really was cool. Why don't you pull up a couple of pictures on your phone? Because yeah. I'm dying to see what this, um, the larvae look like. And also, like, the dragonflies. When you see those amazing pictures that people take of their incredibly beautiful, big, multifaceted eyes, they're stunning. And, like, is there much variation in colour in, in species? Right, from individual to individual? They can slightly change their colour, apparently and uh, they can kind of uh, but there are fixed colours there are fixed uh, keys for each species so you know some will have spots on their wings some of them will have you know different uh, banding colours to them um, and then those eyes are enormous. very easily to mix them up I mixed a couple up during the week myself um, but it's a good thing sometimes when you mix stuff up because I was IDing stuff in my pond and I was convinced it was it was uh, they were damselflies and I was convinced it was a species that I, I'd found on a UK guide and that would happen sometimes you look at a European field book and you'd go oh yeah that's that and then and a guy I know who's, who's well up on um, 
on, da- on damselflies and dragonflies was po- just pointing out that they don't actually exist in Ireland they're oh, only right. in the UK yeah. so, but it's good you know this is how you learn yeah um, exactly. but uh, yeah so there are, there are definitely like um, keys that you look for in, in within species but the variation between one, one another is just incredible here we go and uh, the eyes are amazing aren't they Yes, they have like these amazing compound eyes that are just. If if we were to see the way a dragonfly is, sees, it would be kind of like for all you geeks out there, it'd be like being the Flash or, or or Superman, where you can kind of like, you're looking at stuff slowed down so much that you're. It's like you're time traveling. So they see things like they'd see a fly moving, and it'd be almost like they could go up and tap the fly on the back of the head kind of thing you know because it's so there are eyes in their brain working in a way that it just slows that movement down mm-hmm. and makes it really easy for them to do anything you know wow. oh here we okay, go here we go so we're looking at some pictures now yeah oh that's a the dragonfly that's a right? hawker oh they're so gorgeous beautiful yeah so that classic shape with the four wings yeah and then and the, the color down the back and on oh my god they have color on the body as well yep which you don't always see and that one's e- vibrant e- green luminescent and then and then the the, the damselflies have a very dainty and a lot of them have these beautiful patterns on the wing there's a damselfly there which looks so similar really but has like almost stripes yeah. on big thick stripes on the wing gosh they're so beautiful they are amazing it really is a thrill when you see one isn't it like it just gives you an old an old buzz I guarantee you as soon as we um, oh there'll be 10 here as yeah, soon as, soon as we, we turn the off the microphone it'll be like <laughs> oh my god yeah so um, here we go so Look we're on a site now that helps you to identify the there's the, the emperor dragonflies oh yeah so you have a lot of research you have biodiversity Ireland in, the, in, in Ireland you have the British Dragonfly Society as well and in the US you have your affiliates as, as, as well all over the world so check them out mm-hmm. Um that's the one, the large red damselfly. So a very long, thin, slender yeah, red Yeah, that's body. the one I thought I had in the in the in the garden. But ah. we had the uh, no, I thought I had the small red, and we had the large. Okay. I think, as far as I know. Beautiful, like very, very stunning. I never had damselflies in my ponds in in when I was living in the more built-up areas because it was just just didn't happen for me. So you got I, loads of extra stuff now. Now I have there. extra stuff. I have the what's that? It's fascinating. Brilliant. Really good. Look at it. So that the the Southern, Southern migrant, migrant hawker. hawker, blue iridescent blue and on then the eyes. What's that red? Oh, that's sitting on something that's red. But iridescent blue and then these 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 transparent wings. beautiful wings. Gosh, they're so, so delicate. So the veins in their wings as well. If you look at the fossil dragonflies, you'll see their massive wings, and they had a lot more veins um, throughout the wing than mm-hmm. the modern ones do. And they reckon that's because when it was in uh, so long ago and they were so big, they had to have stiffer wings. Mm. And in order to have stiffer wings, you have to have more structure in them. And also, because the oxygen content in the air was so much, you know, more thick, the air was actually thicker. So it'd be kind of like flying through a kind of a, a watery substance almost. <laughs> yeah. So they really had to have strong wings to beat them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing what they can tell just from uh, fossil records. Fossil records, yeah. Amazing. The common darter. Look at that. And that's red. That's red. a gorgeous red. They They're have, like jewels. Yeah, they really do. They have bizarre names though as well. Yellow wings. The ruddy darter. Ruddy darter. <laughs> <laughs> the keeled skimmer. skimmer. Yeah. 
and a lot of their yellow. second the the chasers skimmers darters mm. um they're all related to their behaviors so some of them skim along the top of water some of them will dart they'll hover and dart down after prey, and some of them will actually actively mm. chase after them you know mm-hmm. so wow yeah so much variety do we know how many species there's a, at the moment there's roughly around seven thousand. now that probably hasn't scratched the surface like all invertebrates we, we don't really know because not re- not many people are out there actively looking for for inverts and we don't really know and then a, a lot of stuff is going extinct before we can find it mm. unfortunately but um yeah so around seven thousand officially um, and probably more to come yeah but there you go what's that bird in the background i don't know sounds like a, a I don't know. Never mind. It's probably just a coot. There, ah. it's a baby, yeah. Ah, right, there you go. Cool. Any pictures of these um, No, larvae? I want to show you, yeah, okay. Do you know what? We'll go one better. So what you've just done now is you've pulled up YouTube. So we're going to look at, um, we're going to look at a video now. See it there? It looks like that. You could see underneath. It's, it's just got a normal kind of an insect type head. Yep. There's a little bug in front of it. Right. So we're watching this. Wow! <laughs> so this, this this mouth part just shot out. And it was, as you said, half the size of its own body. We'll slow that down. So we're looking at a YouTube video with this. It's amazing. Look at the fangs open. Oh my Boom. God! That is totally alien. That yeah, is from the film incredible. Alien. Yeah. And you can see the body of the, the insect itself isn't moving that much. Yeah. So it looks like a twig. Mm. There, if you look on its back, while I pause that. Oh, no, I'll go back a little bit. But um, if you look on its back, you can see there's a kind of a backpack. Yeah. Where the, the wing casings ah. are. And that's where the wings will come out. Amazing. Gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. And its gills, the pores for its gills will actually turn into its spherules that hmm. become its, its air breathing lungs. So that animal can be in that stage for five years? Depending on species, years? yeah, but some species God. up to five years. Amazing. Um, some of them are here, but it's always a longer stage than their yeah. adult stage. Yeah. So, yeah. But pure ancient. And that's what they all would have looked like eventually. And we don't know how this took to the air. That's a massive mystery. People thought with DNA that they'd be able to find out, you know, which animals would have been closely related to the first animals to take the air. But no people are still arguing about it's a massive <laughs> massive argument that's uh, still continuing like there's some theories that similar creatures to the dragonfly nymphs and the mayfly nymphs um, would have used their feathery gills to skim across water to escape prey or maybe that they were you know they were actually land insects that decided to glide kind of like flying squirrels do and and to, again to, to get around but no one really knows it's, it's one of those things um Worth, worth, worth following in scientific circles because it's great to see people ha- pull forward different ideas and you know eventually we might find out but you know, know it might be one of those mysteries that lasts forever you'll invent a time machine yeah. and go back exactly yeah wow that was amazing beautiful creatures beautiful beautiful creatures yeah, so they, look out for them and see see what you have in your ponds yeah if you're down in your local canal or your local mm. duck pond and you're looking around um, keep your ears open keep your eyes open and you never know, you might you yep. might come across one of these elusive uh, beasties. And you're looking at something that's 400 million years old. Yes. 
<laughs> I'll put up I'll put up a little link uh, to the the videos I took of the yeah. the, the red ones in the red um, damselflies in my pond and hopefully now as soon as we turn this off we'll see twenty of them <laughs> land here and then and we'll be able to video them. Look at the look at the fluff uh, the seeds getting dispersed off yeah. the trees. Yeah. It's magic, isn't it? It's just like what a great time of year. It's what a great so country to live in when it's not pissing rain. Yep. Beautiful. Fantastic. <laughs> that was great. Oh my god, it's such a relief to be back together. The Critter Shed is part of the Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts, as is my podcast, Petrified. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.